and more. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore, your host, your guide, your Yoda to the very best hour of radio sports on mainland Europe. I can promise that. Like it, you will. Okay, I can't do my other voice. Anyway, uh, because we have the best news, views, reviews, interviews, and previews in the world of sports. Now, in just a few moments, we'll have our news roundup with Double N. Then we will ask our man, Andrew Flint, if the Russian football team really is all that, because they're doing quite well at the moment. We speak with Louise Carraher about a potential record break in athletics with Kachevichkova, about Moscow's Daniel Medvedev's quest for US Open glory. He's done great so far, as we all know. We go to Toronto to get Alex B's take on last night's US UFC Snorefest, or sort of say World Championship fight. We'll speak about World Championship basketball and, of course, the first weekend of the NFL American football season before we finally see can Andy Mack work his lovely black or even green magic on our football tips again this week. He was two for two last week. So we have lots of UEFA 2020 qualifiers and news. We have UFC tennis, men's 100 meter sprinters, which always gets everyone interested, just like a crash in the first corner of Formula One. We have Formula One, of course, as well, just so we've mentioned that. We have basketball and much more. But first, Double N with the Capital Sports News Roundup. Good evening. It's been a pretty good period for Russian sports, except basketball and rugby, with our footballers coming back from a goal down to beat Scotland 2-1 in their qualifier in Glasgow. In tennis, Daniel Medvedev not only got past the fourth round in a Grand Slam for the first time, shortly he will face Mr. Muscles Nadal in the US Open Tennis Men's Tournament. Habib put his opponent and the watching audience to sleep yet again to remain unbeaten in the UFC with 28 wins. And the Russian women's football team remain on perfect with a good 4-0 win over Estonia last Tuesday. In the Basketball World Cup, Russia won their opening two matches over Nigeria and South Korea before falling to Argentina. It put them into the second round group where they lost to Poland and, the, and were eliminated with the team they lost to today, Venezuela. In other UEFA 2020 qualifiers, England beat a poor Bulgaria 4-0, Ireland fought back to win a 1-1 draw with Switzerland, Israel drew 1-1 with North Macedonia, and it was the same score between Cyprus and Kazakhstan. The big shocks came where the Holland destroyed Germany 4-2 in Germany, and Turkey only managed a single goal win over Little Andorra in Turkey. There was some fun had at the game between France and Albania where the host nation played the national anthem of Andorra before the game. <laughs> the visitors answered by refusing to play until their anthem was played and then they were cancelled. And then, then we're called by Andorra by the stadium announcer. <laughs> exactly, I know. Look, it, it, it's all fun and jokes until you're actually Albanian and uh, you're insulted by that. Um, it was a really weird situation where they played the Andorra and the, the Albanian guys, they dawned on of that this isn't our anthem. And it's just, they're all looking at you and going, what the heck is going on? And <laughs> anyway, well, Andrew Flint has actually the inside story in that, so we'll, we'll wait for him. All right. In tennis, Serena Williams couldn't find a formula to hold back the hands of time as she was outpowered by a player 18 years her junior. Canada's Bianca Andrescu beat the 37-year-old Williams for the second time in a month to become the first Canadian to win a Grand Slam singles title. She won 6-3, 7-5. Yeah, I mean, it was a good fight by Williams in the second set, but overall she was like, she was overpowered and she has such an ugly game of tennis that it was terrible to see her getting beaten out the gate by a, a youngster like that. We'll ask uh, Katja Pichkova a bit later on about that as well because I think this could be the end of the road for Miss Williams. All right. On the day, Ireland beat Wales again to become the world number one rugby team. Russia lost at the Wetabay Arena to Irish province Connacht 42-14. Well, back to you, Alan. 
Okay. So just actually, just out with a message in, of course, you can message us on plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. Now we hear alarms going off in the background. Re- uh, listener, readers, listeners, if you hear something in the background, it sounds like a fire alarm or something, but we'll we'll stay here till the very end. Like we'll be like the the, the band on the Titanic, you know. <laughs> not in that not in the bad sense anyway. Right. Um uh, that Turkey game had some amazing statistics. Turkey had 27 shots, nine of them actually were on target. They scored one goal, of course. Andorra had four shots, but Turkey bossed the game. Uh, you know, they had, they had you know, 85% of the possession. Now, of course, um, as we are on air, uh, we will mention, of course, the, the Italian Grand Prix a little bit later on, but as we are on air right now, um, games have finished already. One huge shock today, Armenia beating Bosnia at home in Yerevan 4-2. Romania struggling past Little Malta 1-0. Switzerland, well, doing the business against Gibraltar 4-0. But the big, big one that, as an Irish person, I'm quite happy about... Georgia drew nil-nil against uh, Denmark at home, so that's that's great for, for, for Ireland. But don't forget, we have four more games tonight, and of course the biggest one is Clash of the Vikings. Sweden versus Norway. Yeah, the Scandinavian show then. That should be a good one up in the Friends Stadium in Stockholm. However, we're going out to Tumen. I think he's just only just arrived back in Tumen from another epic trip. We are going to Mr. Andrew Flint. Mr. Flint, are you alive and well? You can hear us loud and clear. I certainly can. I'm doing very well. How are you guys? Great. Listen, you sound to, seem to have lost your voice. Was that from like chatting to those young ladies from um, Perm? <laughs> no, no, no. I was very professional, focused on my job in hand. Uh, just a very long day. My daughter's birthday party today, so that's taken energy out of me. <laughs> oh, listen. Well, listen. A very. Well, what's your daughter's name again? Uh, Sophia. Sophia, Sophia, very happy birthday to you, okay? We'll, we'll uh, make sure that uh, Daddy gets you something nice nice uh, for, well, this birthday. I oh, know the birthday is it's already late out in Siberia. Listen, um, Andrew, uh, before we go any further, I want to ask you about that, that Germany-Holland game that took place, of course, in Hamburg. That was an awful trashing for Germany, wasn't it? Oh, I tell you what, it was a humiliation. Um, the Netherlands were absolutely outstanding. I mean, some seriously good goals. And they completely dominated in so many ways. But one statistic that stood out to me was the Netherlands had 12. Germany didn't have one that they completed. Um, they, they had similar pass completion rates, but, but Holland just, the Netherlands could have, they could have scored six or seven. They were absolutely lethal on the break. And it's, it's a humiliating result for Germany. Yeah, I mean, like looking at it, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was like almost, I think it was like, just only you know, 48, 52 possession Germany, um, uh, Holland. But seeing the, the I, I only watched the recap of the game. Um, and it was about eight minutes long or something like that. But my goodness, Holland were so good. I mean, it was just unbelievable to see how strong they could play. Like, you oh. know, and, and, uh, the, but, you Un- know, in, in fairness, both sides, Andrew, the pass accuracy of both sides was very, very good. I mean, they were really, it was just little tippy-tappy passes. The control was very, very good. Um, and even though it looked equal overall, I mean, Holland, I, I don't know. Like, is this a team that that has the, um, like, has the mark to win the, the European Championship next year because they have a lot of great players? Yeah, I, I think they definitely are. Um, they've, they've always been good at producing good ball players, um, but they've got a lot of dangerous, quick attackers. Um, to, to compliment them. Matthijs De Ligt in Serie A, it'll be interesting to see how he settled down at Juventus, but we know he's a quality player already. Um, they've got players coming in off the bench. Um, the third goal, Daniel Marlin from PSV, he scored 10 goals in only six starts last season for them. Um, and he's a name probably not a lot of uh, European followers will be familiar with. 
um, Jorginho Wijnaldum's in the form of his career. They, they're seriously, seriously dangerous side. Um, I think they could be one of the favourites, certainly for next summer. Um, okay, now another team that I think are favourites because they've already qualified for the playoffs are, of course, England. Um, they they had a very straightforward win against Bulgaria, of course, in 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 their in like this week, this past week. Uh, it should be straightforward again against Kosovo, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it surely would be. Costa are a very interesting side that, um, you know, being a newly formed side for, for UEFA terms, at least. And they they won't be, they, I can't believe they will challenge England much. Um, a lot of criticism has come from England fans in the past over how England have performed in qualifying matches. And they look a really dangerous side. And uh, Jaden Sancho came off the bench. He might possibly start against Kosovo. So I think England fans can be a lot more positive now. Um, the qualification periods usually are comfortable, but this is looking like a very powerful side. Um, so I think it should be a comfortable win for England, really. I don't mean to offend Kosovo, but it should be should be a comfortable for England. Well, OK, well, I mean, if we look at it, like, I mean, is it a case of that, like, England now can actually start to blood all these young players? I mean, just to, like, realistically build for the future, because very often they, they are so strong, as we know, in qualifying, and then largely fail to sort of yeah. uh, have that impact on the screen. So do you think it, it'll be different this time around? Is it it's just a different coach, different mentality, different, um, let's say, energy in the team? I think that it is a different mentality. That's the word I would use most um, from last summer, the euphoria around Gareth Southgate and the way he's built up a positive mental attitude around the site. It's really, I've really noticed a big difference in previous years. It's very easy to get carried away as an England fan, though. So I, I understand the caution in your question I guess but I certainly think uh, I certainly think there is a lot more potential from the young players coming through than in previous generations I, I, I think England should be, be a lot more cutthroat next summer and if they do then they should be amongst the favourites alongside Okay uh, Andrew quickly moving on um, Russia fought back to win 2-1 I know you you were on move the time, but uh, what what do you reckon that quality of that Russian win? I mean, they 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 deserve to win, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the team lineup I thought was very negative and defensive before kickoff. Um, seeing Yuri Zhirkov starting as a midfielder effectively um, was a bit disappointing. But he, well, I mean, he I, I call it his goal. I, I don't I don't like the way it was given as an own goal, but he got forward into a. Yeah. positive position and Russia looked very much in control Scotland are a very dangerous side in midfield going forwards but their defence can be got at and in the end it turned out to be a fairly comfortable win I think for Russia which was which is impressive it's not something the Russian team would have done away from home in previous years so it, it certainly bodes well and that's the most difficult game left out of the way from now on the fixtures other than the Belgium game which is a write off I'd say uh, I'd say Russia are fairly comfortable for second place Okay, so, all right, finally, finally, before we let you go, uh, the game coming up this week, of course, against uh, Kazakhstan, out in Kaliningrad. The Kaliningrad City, it looks a million dollars. You saw it today, uh, and like, f- uh, friends of mine were, were out there, like, preparing to, to commentate. Um, that should be a fairly straightforward win for Russia, shouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it should be. Kazakhstan, uh, they did get a really good result against Scotland at home, but they haven't won, uh, I think they've won one competitive game away from home in the last decade. 
Um, so it's, it doesn't really bode well desperately for them. Um, I imagine there'll be a lot of rotation on the side. So if we can afford to, there's a there's a comfort zone in there. Um, Kazakhstan won't have a lot of threat. They'll pack men behind the ball. And the only danger will be if Russia get complacent. But I think they've got enough quality to get past them reasonably okay. well. That's good. Okay, so then it looks like that. It, well, you know, Belgium, of course, play hot, uh, Scotland. So it, it looks, it does look like that both teams will be sitting pretty at the top of the table, first and second. Belgium, of course, set ahead on 15 points. Russia, second on 12. So basically, this time next week, we're looking at Belgium on 18 points and Russia on 15, correct? Yeah, I, exactly. Okay, I think that's Andrew agree with us. Andrew, okay, that was Andrew Flint, our man out in Siberia. So he just was, um, you know, just letting us know. Now, before we go out to the break, we have a very good song. Well, first, we want to give a bit of a rundown, actually, on American football, because it's starting tonight, and it's a huge hullabaloo, because, of course, the, the college season is, um, you know, on the go. But myself and Double N, we have, have our picks, and we're going to quiz a little bit later on, Alex B, about this. So, okay, let us start out a very, very quick rundown on the AFC, which, of course, the... Uh, title holders, Super Bowl champions, reigning champions, um, the Patriots, they are in AFC East. Okay, so AFC East, uh, Double N, who have you picked? All right, so for AFC East, I will go for Patriots. All right, okay, you're agreeing with me. The Patriots, okay. Yep. The North? Uh, I'll go for Steelers. All right, I'll go for Browns, because Browns haven't been to a playoff in 2002. Now, they're a really fabled franchise. We know them. They did the movie Draft Day, if you saw it, it's great about them. So, But they haven't been to a playoff in, in 17 years, you know, so they really need something here. Okay, AFC South? Uh, Colts. Ooh, I'm going for Texans. Colts are very, very good, because Andrew, look, of course, we commented that he, he retired very, very young, but I think the Texans have... have like the Jags are there as well, but I think the Texans are good. Okay, okay. In the West? Uh, I'll go for Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. spot on as well. Yeah. Chiefs. Yep. Um, okay, now we have, of course, two wildcard teams. I'll, I'm going for the LA Chargers for wild, one wildcard. And I'll pick the Jets. Yep. And I think the Bills have a good chance. Okay, all right. So, all right. So, folks, if you want to put a little bet, you could like win four out of seven or four, or say four out of six of those playoff spots. Have a listen to us because we are doing a good job on this. We are very, very accurate. This. So, that is Patriots, uh, Browns or Steelers, Texans, Colts. Uh, Chiefs, Chargers and Jets and we'll, we'll put that out of course on Twitter a little bit later on when, and on our Instagram so you can have a little bit of a look and maybe make a few quid for, for New Year's time or actually to start, we actually will be for New Year by the time the playoffs come around. Okay, so we are going to go out to the break right now um, I'm not a naughty boy but this is a naughty boy and it's naughty boy featuring Sam Smith so this is La La La, we'll be back after the break Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Welcome back, folks. This, of course, is Capital Sports and Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore with me. Still in the studio at Double M. We have not run away. I swear to goodness, the alarms are going off all around us. People are walking by, kind of smiling and waving at us. Or oh, actually, they're running by <laughs> towards the exits. <laughs> and we're sitting here broadcasting the very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sport. However, we're going to keep it moving. And um, just on, uh, uh, just to say thank you again to uh, Andrew Flint, because I know he was mad busy. He had a huge uh, trip. He went out to Perm on the train. He had an awful time as well. He was out in the Platt cars. I think he's more used to sort of nicer trains. What do you reckon, Dublin? Yeah, I think it's quite hard to get used to plus cars. Maybe yeah. it takes some time. <laughs> it does. For me, I, for me, it took me a couple of years. I told you about that time when when I was like saying that I had no underwear on. Oh no! No, I didn't know. Okay, <laughs> listen. So I, okay, just picture this like this kind of like your know, innocent Irishman abroad. Well, kind of, uh, and and I'm there on the on the placard. So so I think there's 60, 60 people sleeping in the one little carriage, you know, and um, so I'm opening my package with all the um, the what you call bed linen and so on. And I'm putting it all up, and then I'm going, oh, wait, hold on, I'm missing one bed sheet. I'm thinking, it's the, it's the one that wraps around the mattress, so that's a bigger one. So I must go up and ask. So I'm, it's the lower one, you know? Yeah. So I went up to, to the conductress, and I said, excuse me, and I have very little Russian at the time. I said, I'm bad Russian now, but I said, very little Russian at the time. And I said, excuse me, um, I don't have any uh, stuff. And I'm pointing yeah. down, like, you know, and she's <laughs> like, what? So I, I used the words, Nizhny Belyo. 
Well, which is like you know yeah. underwear but because I know it's billion it's like white exactly. white linens yeah. and I said well I have no like underwear and she looked at me and her eyes opened wide and oh. I was like no I, I, I say me me no underwear <laughs> and everyone just cracking up in the garage laughing at me and they're like what's wrong with this guy so I went on for a good minute until somebody came up and explained what's wrong with you I said oh look and look I had a pillowcase in my hand I go look I don't have the one for the mattress and I was okay so. yeah yeah. so I, I disgraced myself like I'm sure there's people traumatised the thought of me with no underwear on, yeah, <laughs> on, yeah. a, on a flat card going to Allianz but anyway we are going to go right now across to lovely lovely Ireland to Louise Carraher better known as Swift Girl Athletics she's of course an athletics correspondent uh, Louise how are you doing? Not too bad how are you? Great listen you're coming through loud and clear um, before I start uh, who are you up for next Sunday of course in the all Ireland replay Dublin or Kerry? Oh it'd have to be Kerry Alright okay I'd be disowned if I didn't say Kerry well, I suppose Kerry did give loud in All Ireland by just not travelling up once. I think in nineteen fifteen. So I, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I paid him back for that anyway. Okay, uh, Louise, listen, um, a lot happening. We're just over two weeks to go before the World Championships athletics in, um, well, in Doha in Qatar, um, and there's been more news off the track than on the track. Um, one of them is about sponsorship. So, just how momentous is it that? For the first time in international athletics, well, for national team athletics, that team kits will allow, be allowed to have sponsors on them. Um, it's, it is huge. Um, it's a good move, and it's possibly the first good thing that Seb Cole has done since he's become the IAAF president. Okay, um, fair play. <laughs> as we know, athletics is, you know, it, there's not a lot of money in it. Um, it's, you know, it's a kind of a, a fringe sport, kind of one of those sports that people tune in maybe for the Olympics and then not for another four years. So anything that brings more sponsorship to the sport is a good thing. Um, however, from speaking to athletes, I know they're not necessarily happy about it. They would like it to be on a more personal level, that athletes themselves could have their personal sponsors represented rather than just a nation. Oh, OK. Well, I mean, we had that before with Sonia Sullivan. It was back in uh, 96, it was in Atlanta, where she was wearing a different kit than the Irish team. And she was made to strip off in the tunnel to put on the team in kit. In the tunnel. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I remember that. She just blew up. Um, okay, so, okay, that, okay, that, that, it's a, it's a step forward. Of course, there will always be teething problems. Um, okay, uh, five years ago, Doha beat out Barcelona and Eugene in Oregon to host these championships. Uh, they were chosen, of course, um, in November 2014. Now, there, has, there have always been allegations of dodgy dealings against uh, the IAAF, the International Athletics Federation. And right now, um, France is investigating $3.5 million of payments that were made, uh, well, kind of involving the head of B in sports uh, TV channels, um, the former head of the IAAF, and of course the head of PSG football team. Um, is this sort of unusual for the IAAF, IAAF to be picked on like this? And, um, you know, has it improved since then? Uh, I would say probably not. Um, there's a lot of evidence. There's a lot, there were a lot of leaked emails in relation to Doha and uh, um, Qatar being chosen. And in one of them, um, Papa Masata Diak, who was Lamine Diak's son. Lamine, of course, at the time was the head of the IAAF. And he's writing to uh, Sheikh Khalid, who is um, Qatari royalty. And he's saying, you know, you will find the bank details attached for the transfer of $3.5 million, which must be done as agreed. And then in red ink, he underlines the balance of 440000 must remain in Doha in cash. Oh, and I'll no. pick it up the next time I am there. So no. I mean, that, that doesn't sound to me like, like how legitimate business deals are done. 
No, it, it's kind of like, At you know... At the time, of course, that Cole was claiming that... Uh... Louise, can we... Is it online? Yeah. Louise, you still there? Hello. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we can hear that. Yes. So the time yes, you said Seb Cole said, yes, loud and clear. So Seb Cole was what? Uh, Seb Cole was claiming that Lamine was his, his spiritual leader at this time. And Lamine, of course, was um, has shown to have been orchestrating bribes uh, in Russia and then, you know, currently being investigated for bribes in relation to Qatar as well. Oh, um, at the time, Nick, uh, Nick Davies was Cole's uh, self-appointed second-in-command. And he was also shown to have been involved in several of Lamine's bribery scandals. It seems quite implausible that the man directly above Co and the man directly below Co are both involved in bribery scandals, but yet somehow Seb Co remains unaware of all this. No, we did discuss this before when you were last on with us, and it just seemed quite unbelievable that this would be the case. But, you know, well, Seb Coe has a, a peer to realm, so he's kind of like a Teflon. He's absolutely, you know, nothing sticks to him. Um, moving on, uh, looking at this, the men's 100 metres sprint, of course, which is the one that everyone wants to watch. It's, it's the one that everyone tunes in for. It's only, well, less than 10 seconds normally. Um, but the US uh, sprinter, Chris, Chris, uh, Christian Coleman, he was a bit, in a bit of trouble for skipping doping tests, or so we believe. Um, it, he's the fast man in the world this year. Was Yusada right to sort of clear him from any, um, you know, any, any allegations and let him go to compete in Doha? Um, well, by the letter of the law, it appears that they were right. Um, but is the law right or is it fair? Um, probably not, given that the powers that be have been working ever since uh, this scandal was revealed to close the loophole that Coleman's legal team exploited. Um, it does seem a bit nonsensical. So he missed a test in June. But because of the wording of the law, that uh, or it was a, a, a filing failure. So he, he failed to file where he should be in June. But because he filed it in April, the mistake is counted as having happened in April, which means that he actually can spread out his missed tests over 14 months rather than 12 months. Right, because if he misses three in 12 months... Um, he should be banned automatically for a three missed test. And we've seen, of course, in, in British cycling, Lizzie died and got away with it, and other athletes have, have escaped it. So he basically exploited a loophole and was rightly reinstated to the US track team. Yes. Uh, so I suppose the, the questions that arise are kind of, you know, um, somebody without his resources, with a lesser legal team, have they been banned? And are they currently serving a ban that they could have escaped had they seen this loophole? Oh, I mean, that, you know, that, are athletes aware of this loophole, and are they, is it something that they can use to their advantage? I mean, we have Dwayne Chambers um, in his book. He wrote about at the time when he was competing in, in the nineties and the early nineties that you know you you were to always keep your voicemail box on your mobile phone full. You were to not answer the phone the phone when a tester phoned, and then they would be unable to leave your voicemail, and that was a way of avoiding a test. Oh. We have other athletes saying, you know. They, they love the three missed test rule because it gives them two free passes or two get out of jail free cards. So we know that athletes have always exploited the word. But they've, they've gotten away with it. Uh, Louise, you're still in line with us? Okay, we just seem to have lost Louise right now. So uh, Dublin is going to try to get her back on the line. So again, it's this guy. He's, uh, you know, again, the fastest uh, 100 meter runner this year in, in uh, men's athletics. Louise, you're still there? Yeah, we don't have her. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, we'll, yes, we'll, I'm here. Oh, you're great. Listen. Finally, me? yeah. Listen, we'll, we'll we'll grab you one more for one more question before before we lose you for tonight. Um, a good friend of yours, Mo Farah, uh, he continues to defy time and logic, uh, and of course medical science. Um, do you think he's right to skip the Doha uh, World Championships in favour of doing this marathon build-up for for next year's Olympics in Tokyo? Yeah, I suppose um, he. Ran today uh, in the Great North Run, uh, age 36, and he ran a new PD for them. So I'm not sure. Maybe that gave him for thought that maybe he is in shape to run a good marathon at the moment. But obviously, he's focusing on an Olympic marathon. He has also said that he might go back and return to the track where he's been so successful. And um, he seems to uh, have taken some time to adjust to marathon running, and the transition hasn't been as smooth as many, and probably including himself would have. Imagine, um, but in fairness, he was taking time to adjust to things. Given that it took until he was 26, until and until he linked up with Alberto Salazar, who's still under FBI investigation, to become a world leader in the first place. So I don't think ta- he worries too much when things take that little bit more time. No, oh, he, he he has the money behind him, and of course he has a, a a nice understanding spouse to help him through all that as well. Okay, listen, Louise, thank you very very much. We'll get back on to you in the not too distant future. Have a little bit check in the World Champs as well. Have a great evening and a great school year ahead as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Louise. Okay, that was Louise Carroll. Better known as Swift Girl for Athletics. She is genius. And, of course, she's one of the people who have been, you know, kind of very, very uh, vocal on trying to change, you know, what's going on in athletics. Now, of course, those games, there's some extra games coming up tonight. Of course, we uh, Double N already mentioned. But before I speak with them, there was a, oh, how do you say, in the Italian Grand Prix today, Lewis Hamilton and a lot of the, the British media, and actually myself, I saw bits of it myself as well, this race in Monza, that it was very, very nasty because uh, Charles Leclerc, um, who drives for Ferrari, of course, um, he basically was blocking uh, Lewis Hamilton for coming through. Now, he's only 21, this, this, this young lad. And, um, you know, and of course, Sebastian Vettel, he had crashed out. So uh, it ended up that Leclerc won ahead of uh, Bottas from Finland, of course, the Mercedes driver. And the other Mercedes driver, Lewis Hamilton, who was in third. Now, Leclerc, he won last week in Belgium. Um, and, you know, but this for, for Ferrari right now was huge because they haven't won at home in Italy since 2010. Now, you could, you could hear when Leclerc was coming over the line, he was like, ah, screaming on the radio, and it was really like you'd burst your eardrums. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a, you know, it was, it was a tough one for him to, how do say, to have to sort of like face all this nonsense because, um, you know, his friend, uh, I think it was last week, yeah, in, sorry, in Spa last week, excuse me, um, Antoine uh, Hubert, he died last week in a Formula 2 crash, so sort of the, the level below Formula 1, so he, he was killed in a crash. And for Leclerc, <coughs> excuse me, he said that this was like amazing. Now, this is a really, really talented young driver, again, 21 years of age. Uh, a lot of people said it was very dangerous what he did, uh, that he was holding off um, uh, Hamilton with sort of rules that were a little bit nasty. But if anyone remembers back, way, way back when Jordan had a team in the uh, World Championships, or the Grand Prix, and of course the great Ayrton Senna was, um, was, was driving. Uh, it, was, it was one of those ones where, you know, Eddie Everett one time was kind of blocking off. I, t- I think maybe Jordan, he was driving for Jordan. 
um, or maybe Ferrari, but he, he blocked off or had a kind of a dangerous maneuver in front of Ayrton Senna. After the race, Senna came in and smacked Eddie Irvine a dig, like you know. So it was it was it was a I don't know. It was a different time, a completely different time. So we're going, we're we're trying to get um, uh, Kachibich Governor. She's commentating, of course, in the U.S. Open uh, for Euros World Life for Euros World. So we will try to get on before the end of the show because it's you know huge talking points with um, yesterday's defeat for Serena Williams and of course uh, today's massive massive showdown for Medvedev. He's playing, of course, you know that ageless wonder who no one can say anything bad about. Rafael Nadal, Mr. Muscles himself. Um, who just seems to get better and better and better as age goes on. But Medvedev has a great chance in this one. You know, he, he's not beloved by the US crowd. There is an awful lot of jingoism, shall we say. I say jingle, jingoism. I see jingle right, written in front of me here in front of, uh, on the screen. Um, however, jingoism or this kind of anti-Russian sentiment that has been going through the last couple of weeks, and he has suffered from it. I mean, there was one point where he appeared to have given a middle finger to the, the US Open crowd. I don't believe he did. I mean, it, it looked very, very strange how it all came about, but he didn't do it. But anyway, um, more on that in a moment. So we're going to start off, sorry, on our uh, US football picks before we go to break. Um, NFC, who have you got for the NFC East, Double N? Oh, I'll, I'll pick Eagles. What about you, Alan? Um, I'm going to go for Cowboys. I like the Dallas Cowboys. I always right. do. And uh, what about South? South. Saints. Oh, yeah, we go. Saints? Yeah, Snap? Okay, here. we got to, Okay, yeah. no, I, I mean, I know the Panthers are doing quite well. Um, they've got some you know, good players now, but I, I think the Saints have that one locked up. Okay, in the NFC North, who you got? Uh, Vikings? What about Ooh, you? Oh, Minnesota. I have Chicago Bears. I think the Bears are coming back. They they were a great franchise a long, long time ago, but I think the, they're going to roar back in like a bear. So. All right, let's see. Uh, West? Um, I'll go for Rams. What about LA you? Rams, yell a little up. Yeah, I'll back you on that one. I think I think they're a good team. They're a much improved team this year. I saw them in preseason. They're very very strong. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Okay, wild cards. Who are you looking for the wild cards? What two teams? Um, Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, okay. What about the second one for you? Uh, Who'd you pick? All right, well, look, I'm, I'm going Seahawks and Falcons. I'm going Seahawks and Falcons. Now, you've, you've backed... Okay, you picked Eagles over Cowboys in the East, but you're going for Cowboys yeah. for wildcard. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I'm also looking at the Panthers as an outsider for the South or for a wildcard because they have this Christian McCaffrey, who's Ed McCaffrey's son. He was a former um, tight end for uh, Denver Broncos. Saw this young for playing for USC. Terrific, terrific player. Um, like his dad, but even better. Um, and, of course, they also have Cam Newton, the quarterback, who's really, really good. Packers are an outside bet, but not too well. So, who have you, so you got Cowboys and who else? Uh, the Falcons. The Falcons. Yep. Yeah, I think Atlanta, Atlanta could be very, very good. They could be flying high this year. Of course, the Seahawks, they have Pete Carroll, the legendary USC coach. He is there. And, I mean, you've got a great lineup. You've got a great uh, coach. Yeah, it could be an outside. Overall, overall, I'm kind of looking at the... Cleveland Browns to win the, the football this year. Who you reckon? Who who do you think is going to do? Do you think the the Patriots will go again? They'll win again. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they've got uh, stronger. They got Antoine Brown, who's come across from the LA Raiders last night. So that was a huge, huge. Like I was watching a game as that was happening. So that was quite good. All right, we are going to go to the break right now, and we'll come back with Al B, Alex B, of course, and with Mister Andy Mack. Um, we're going to go with a song that I think is. We played before, and this is a slightly different remix, and it's one that brings back memories of last summer at the World Cup. This is George Ezra, uh, George Ezra even, and Shotgun. We'll be back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Homegrown alligator, see you later. Gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. The sun is changing the atmosphere, architecture, I'm familiar. 
to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. The alarms have stopped ringing around us. So uh, the only things ringing are the, well, I get sounds of joy because in just three minutes' time, there'll be four games kicking off in the uh, UEFA 2020 qualifiers. Because some of the games will be here in, uh, well, uh, well, not here, Moscow, but in St. Petersburg. Okay, so tonight uh, there are four games. Already, as uh, Double N said, he's, he, we have the Clash of the Vikings. Yes, the Clash of the Vikings. So anyone who likes Viking shows, or the, the show Vikings or Serious Vikings, you can uh, sit down and watch it. I just have to say a quick, quick hello. I've been ordered to say hello to a number of people on <laughs> WhatsApp messages. So uh, one, I had to say, well, to my own son, I should, well, he is my son, uh, Tim, to talk with, say gelatin cakes. So whatever gelatin cakes are, there, I've just said it for you. So there you go. So you can go to bed now, go to bed, or you'll be in trouble tomorrow. Right. Um, what else do we have to say to Anna B? Well, yes, the last song is for you. So don't worry about that. So that's, that's, that's to, to wish you well. 
Right, those other games before I continue wrapping on. Spain against the Faroe Islands. That's a court, they're all kicking off it, uh, in uh, two minutes' time, yeah? Two minutes' time, double in Two minutes, yep. Two minutes, yep. yep. Um, Finland, Italy. Okay, Finland, Italy. So that could be an ambush for Italy up there. And Greece against Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. Okay, so that's, that's an interesting one. A quick look ahead because there are some big, big games on tomorrow. Uh, I know Andy Mack is going to cover them. So it'll be Hungary, Slovakia. That's, that's, that's a, a, you know, a real border battle. It's just Scotland against Belgium, Slovenia, Israel, and one that's going to be very, very worth watching. I, I think that's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a really, really big one because a lot of people are, are letting it pass by. But I think the Moldova-Turkey game could be a shocker. I think that, as in, I think that Moldova could do this one. I think they could actually win this one. So, okay, so we're going to get uh, Andy Mack on the phone in just a moment. We're, tr- we're trying to get Alex B right now. Um, just so you know... Um, the uh, the information for tonight, if you want to go to meet the wonderful Katja Bichkova, uh, so she is there at 11 o'clock tonight, okay? So she is on Novi Arbat 15, it's the phone bet bar, and she'll be commentating live. So she might even buy you a drink, actually, if you're, if you're polite to her. So just go in there, so it's at the phone bet bar on Novi Arbat um, 15. So just say, we sent you in, and she'll, she'll look at you, she'll give you a drink, okay? So she's going to commentate on the men's final tonight. She has tipped... Medvedev to bring it to at least four sets. So there you go. So let's say Katya is very, very good at this. She is one of the, the best in the business. Now we're going to try and get uh, Alex B on the phone right now. So um, before we do, just one small little thing that I think that uh, I don't know. Uh, there were some issues raised about Serena Williams whether she should be playing uh, anymore because like she's suffering, you know, quite let's just say bad uh, health problems and so on and so forth. I think, you know, I think she has to make, the, we, we've just got a message here and it is from, I'm just going to say this, so it's from Vanya. Vanya, 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 good evening to you. Vanya has asked, should she not now retire because she is quite, you know, uh, old? Well, I'm not going to say old because she's younger than me um, by a good few years. But at the, the most important thing is that, like, you know, she is a young child. She needs to be at the top for health to continue on living. She's like, um, you know, kind of, she's, she's a young woman and she doesn't need to mess up her health. But anyway, that goes. But, um, Katya has said that, well, if she wants to play on, she feels like playing on, she will play on. So Vanya, you know, it's, it's up to her. I think it's, I think, I think she should be careful with her health. Every athlete should. Just so we saw Andrew Luck with the Indianapolis Colts this year quitting. Okay, so we go cra- straight across to the phone line and good evening, sir. How are you doing? Hello? Do we have... It's Alex B's on the line. Hello. Yeah, Alex, yeah. how are you doing? Great to hear you. Listen, Alex, um, first of all, first of all, I just want to uh, get a quick look at the NFL. Um, who is your pick to go on and win the Super Bowl this year? Will it be Tom Brady and the Patriots, or maybe they might be upset by the Cleveland Browns? Uh, well, um, yesterday something happened. Uh, Antonio Brown, he left the Raiders and he immediately went to the Patriots. So the Patriots, it definitely gives them some edge to win again, and plus, like they're all, plus they have Brady, and I think, I think, yeah, Alex. Okay, we'll get Alex back on just a moment, okay? Because double end is good. So yeah, as we said, Antoine Brown has moved across the wide receiver from the uh, Raiders, gone coast to coast. He's gone from the west coast to the east coast. Alex, you're back on with us. Yes, I am. Okay, all right. So yeah, you, so you, as I was saying, um. If, uh, if I had to bet my house on it, as much as I hate to admit it, it would be the Patriots this year. All right. Okay. Okay. 
Um, last night, there was a real, uh, let's say, male-on-male fest in the octagon, the, eight, out, eight, uh, the eight-sided ring out in Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. Um, it, for me, I didn't see the fight, and I just saw like about 30 seconds of it, the very, very end of it, and I was just thinking, is this, like, I thought it was like Greek or Roman wrestling or something. I, it was really, really weird. So basically, Habib, he choked out Dustin Poirier, the, um, his opponent. Um, what's the reaction like stateside? Uh, well, it's kind of crazy because um, Khabib, he's number, he's like number one, and like Dustin Poirier, he was like the number two guy after him, and when they fought, like it wasn't even close. So like I don't, it's just like it's just difficult to comprehend how good this guy really is. But it's ridiculous. Dustin Poirier, he's he's a great fighter. His he has a very like nice clean record. He beat a lot of really great guys, but against Khabib, he was just like. He dominated, Khabib dominated for like the three rounds. It's important he couldn't really do much. He just stuffed a couple takedowns in the first, but that's pretty much it. So that just really, like, I don't know how good Khabib is going to be, but it's ridiculous. So far, I couldn't see anybody who could step up to this man. Uh, Conor McGregor said that he wants to fight Habib in Moscow, but I think, uh, oh, like, since like, he did knock out a seventy-year-old pensioner in a pub in Dublin um, with his much vaunted left hook, I think, I think uh, Conor should just like count his money and sell his whiskey. Um, well, I think I think while he's still young, he should definitely try to come back. But this whole like, but I think if he needs, if he wants to come back to MMA, he needs to treat it like much more seriously as he was against that first Khabib fight because he's no longer like the number one guy by far now there's like a new big dog in town so he needs to he needs to work his way up just like everybody else I think okay that is fair enough finally finally before we let you go away out into the Ontario night um a disappointment for Russia at the at the world championships in basketball uh, uh, yes. in China I, I mean they against Poland as well I mean they, they just let themselves down um, how bad is it for Russian basketball that they, you know, even they lost again to, to Venezuela today, of course, how bad is it that they, they go out at this stage before making the, the playoff bracket, the quarterfinals and um, is it still the US teams to win? Uh, well, there's, I saw some good and bad things from the Russian team, there was um, well, first they beat South Korea and they beat Nigeria which was both, uh, both victories were pretty big um, Russian basketball has definitely stepped up a bit, but the bad news is still not at the level where we want it to be. Um, yeah, I mean, they lost against Poland, which is just like, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't, don't say when's the last time Russia lost and, uh, against Poland, because we're not going to go there tonight. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the U.S. is still the heavy favorite win. It's just like uh, Greece has kind of underperformed. It's, again, Greece, Serbia, USA, those are like my top three. Yeah, you, you've but been saying... USA is definitely number one. Okay, you've been saying that from the start, so we're, we're, we're backing on that. Okay, listen, Alex, thank you very much. We'll be back on to you next week, and I uh, hope all is going well for you over there right now, so far. Yeah. All right, thank you. All right, thanks, Alex. Right. Okay. Right, have a good afternoon. Okay, okay. thanks. Thanks, Alex. Okay, that was Alex B, of course, uh, all the way from Ontario. And, of course, he did say before the World Championships um, that it was going to be a, a difficult one for Russia to try and play well because they hadn't been there for such a long time. But, you know, it was good just to, to show up. It's, it's, it's experience, building experience, like we were speaking before about Lokomotiv Moscow in the Champions League. Um, you know, you need three, four years of championship, like that, that level of experience um, 
in that kind of level of competition because like it's very very tough to to get the players in and to get them boosted up and to actually be able to perform competitively at that level. Okay, so we're going to go off to um, over the far side of Moscow right now to uh, Mr. Andy Mack because he nailed his tips last week. He nailed his tip last week, so hopefully he's going to do the same again. Mr. Andy Mack, you're back. How are you doing? I'm good, Alan. How are you guys? Listen, we're we're, we're missing you. I think double ends yeah. missing you, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're missing you. We're really missing Andy here. We really are, you know. Um, we're being very honest. You. Pardon? I'm missing you too. I know. I give you a big hug if you're here, you know. And if I was Habib, I'd hug you for a long time. But anyway, um, moving on quickly. Um, you nailed your picks last week, didn't you? Uh, I certainly got the uh, Republic of Ireland one correct. Um, <laughs> I think I did slip up on Israel. Yeah, but it- both teams to score there. Um, yeah, we did okay. You did, and also you did say both teams to score uh, Scotland, Russia, and what Russia would win. Yep, yep, spot on the money with that one. I think Russia will be uh, disappointed they didn't get an awful lot more. Listen, look at that Scottish team, right? Um, you know, you, do I have to? <laughs> You've been forced to do it out of national pride. Listen, if you look at that Russian team, uh, or sorry, the, the, the Scottish team, and look at the, they, they have some good players in that side. Um, they opened a scoring course after 10 minutes. It did look that they were, you know, they were going to have a bit of a run at Russia. But, and even then, like, I mean, with the own goal, okay, Zhirkov took the shot and so on and so forth. But they, Scotland didn't look half bad. Well, I think you, I, I think you have to consider that you're automatically assuming that Scotland have good players because some of them play in what's considered to be the best league in the world. How anyone has paid twenty million for Ollie McBurney is beyond me. I mean, he can't shoot, he can't hold the ball up, he can't head, uh, he's void of ideas. And then at the other end of the pitch, you have Charlie Mulgrew, who used to be quite a good player. His legs have gone. Uh, I don't think he should be anywhere near international football. Um, and I mean, yeah, Scotland was short of defenders anyway due to due to injuries. But I don't think I've actually seen Andrew Robertson have a good game for Scotland. Maybe bar one or two. Um, for me, it's just average across the pitch. And I thought the new manager might change a few things, but he's not picking players on form. He's picking players that, you know, you've got reincarnated Darren Fletcher in the middle. But, but okay, so but then again, it's kind of like what does he have to work with? Like, I mean, it is it is quite tough for him. But okay, okay, let's. Let, let, let's let's look ahead um, at the other games that are coming up um, because you you have some interesting picks for us as well. Um, that local derby, that kind of like Central European clash of two really like former quite good sides, Hungary and Slovakia. What do you reckon is going to happen to that, Andy? Um, Slovakia have been really poor on the road um, in the last sort of five six fixtures, and on the flip side, Hungary have actually been quite good at home, uh, picking up results against the likes of Croatia who just beat Slovakia 4-0. Um, so I'd be going for a home win, um, and I think you'll get fairly good odds on that as well. All right, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. OK, looking around as well, you've got England-Kosovo. Now, uh, Andy Flint, Andrew Flint, he said that that's going to be a very straightforward walk in the park for England. Um, will it be that? And if so, how straight a walk in that park will it be? Um, I don't think England have lost a qualifier in a good number of years, and I don't think Kosovo are going to be the ones to um, to change that record. Uh, yes, they did very well in their last game, but I I could see England 
if they if they put out a full team for the full ninety minutes, winning that game by four or five. So, are you saying that it's like it's if it's um, I mean under under five and a half, under five and a half goals. I I'd I'd probably be looking at um, a handicap bet of England minus three goals. So England minus three. Okay. Northern Ireland and Germany, because there's a history there to fix that Northern Ireland have regularly you know, like turned over the apple cart and jumped all over the apples and then set fire to them along with a tricolour, an Irish tricolour, um, in terms of like, well, against Germany. So that, how, how are Northern Ireland set to take on the might of Germany, especially Germany after getting their, their backside spanked against uh, Holland? Yeah, I mean, you look at Northern Ireland top of that group and you think to yourself, they're in a good position, but then you look who they've played. And I don't think, although they're top of that group, it's not really a fair representation at the moment. Um, Northern Ireland, I think, have um, games in which they've conceded first. I think they've lost um, about 75% at home. And and the games that in Germany score first, bar the other week, uh, the, the other game against Holland, um, they've gone on to win. So I'd probably be looking at a Germany half-time, full-time result. There, uh, I just think Germany will be far too good for them. OK. And finally, in the UEFA 2020 uh, qualifiers, Russia, Kazakhstan. I mean, out in Kaliningrad, um, w- are we looking at like a goal fest for Russia or will it be kind of one of those ones where they just like eke out a, a 2-0 win? Yeah, I think that'll probably be what it, what it is. I I mean, um, Russia have been with in, in amongst the goals recently. They've, they've been scoring quite quite a lot. Um, if they get an early one, then that, that result could be anything because Kazakhstan have to come out of the blocks and try and force it, uh, which is when the likes, the, the sort of players that Golovin, the Maranchuk brothers, will will definitely, definitely utilise the space in behind much better. If Kazakhstan keep it tight and it, it's still tight at half-time, then uh, I think, yeah, you'd be looking at maybe a 1-0 or a 2-0. Um, but there's, you, you're not going to get much value in that game, unfortunately. All right. Finally, very, very finally, uh, Scotland and Belgium. <laughs> I had to, I had to punish uh, on that one. <laughs> I think you can get Belgium to win and Belgium to score over one goal at almost even money, which for me is licensed to print your own money. Okay, so Belgium to win and plus one goal. Okay, that is very good. Uh, finally, next next Monday, so uh, tomorrow week. Now, we'll, of course, we'll be on air. There's there's a game that's going to confuse uh, David, David Cameron, the former English or British PM. Aston Villa are playing West Ham, okay? So that's going to be a tough one for him because he doesn't know who he supports. He just knows his team in a kind of a purple colour in claret, you know? Um, but next weekend, because on Saturday... Uh, Liverpool are up against Newcastle you, Manchester United home against Leicester City is there anything next week that kind of catches your eye that's worth a bit of a gamble or is Crystal Palace maybe um, yeah I'd, 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 I'd probably be looking at just because Newcastle um, have had a bit of a start um, Liverpool a few of their players have had a little bit of a break now uh, and I think they'll come back all guns blazing. So I think Newcastle could be in for a, a slightly torrid 90 minutes there. Okay. All right. So that's so I'd be definitely a Liverpool win at home in Anfield. Okay. Uh, Andy, thank you very, very much. We will see you next week. You have a great evening out there and look after yourself. Don't forget to look out for our tennis bet tonight. Oh, go on. Go Tell on. us. 
Well, if you remember a, a couple of weeks back, we, we we tipped up that certain Russian who's in the final. Yeah, we did to 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 win it each way. So if you if you followed us, you've already won money. There you go. See? Just for him being there. Just for him being there. Okay. Do you reckon will he pull it off tonight? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, Flack. No. Okay, Andy. Thank you much. We'll talk to you next week. See you guys. Okay, that was. Andy Mack there out in the car park out in Russia Today Studios. Right, uh, we're going to go away right now. So there's no scores yet in any of the games, none of the covers? Oh, yeah, there is oh, actually score? a score update for Spain, for Alliance. So okay. it's 1-0 for Spain right now. Oh, good, yeah. there we go. All right, and of course the NFL games have all started. The Kansas Chiefs are flying. Right, Double N, thank you very much for your time tonight. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go flying off into the night and we'll let you go because we are almost running over time. So um, I hope that this week, I hope that tomorrow starts off great.